Dennis Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 87. And our last partner dance that we're going to mention here in the Caribbean islands is going to come from the country of Haiti, which is Compa. The music of Haiti combines a wide range of influence drawn from many people who have settled on the Caribbean island. It reflects French, African, Spanish elements from those who have inhabited the island of Hispaniola and also the minor native tribe of Taino influences. So fun fact, Dominican Republic and Haiti are actually on the same island that is split in two. So on the dance compa, we have the Dominican Republic, which was colonized by Spain. So they speak Spanish there and they dance Manenge and Bachata. On the eastern side of the island, it was colonized by France. And so they speak French there and Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart On Fire podcast coming at you with another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you all have been well. This podcast is going to be a little bit different and it's just going to be me and you today. But I have a very curious topic that we're going to be diving into. And the topic is what do the origins of our most popular partner dances in the world have in common? And this topic has a little bit of history. It's been something that's been on my mind for a while. And just being a part of first the salsa scene and then getting involved in the kids scene and then getting involved into Zook and dabbling in tango. The history is is something that sparks a lot of curiosity in me to see how these partner dances emerged and what are the similarities and the techniques and the similarities in the music. Just lots of things that kind of cross reference each other when I think of these different partner dances. And one thing that I feel like I found throughout all of these different partner dances, and I'll list them here in just a second, is the similarity of African, European, and indigenous influence. Of course, you hear a lot of African influence from a lot of different partner dances or our black influence from a lot of different partner dances, but it doesn't end just there. And I'll get more into detail that later on in the podcast. But overall, just curiosity, if we were to zoom out out of all of the festivals and take all of the partner dances into consideration, I wonder what kind of industry do we have as just 
general partner dancing you know it's something that exists on every continent we have SBK festivals, salsa, bachata, kizoma festivals, probably in every continent. I'm not sure if there's anything in Antarctica, but definitely every other continent, Australia, Asia, Africa, the US, Mexico, like there's there's dance festivals happening all the time. And of course, we know there's the distinction between festivals and studios and then what people do as far as on the weekends. Uh, backyards and birthday parties and things of this nature as well, where people aren't necessarily going to a particular venue to dance, but they are dancing with family members and friends and things of that nature, which is what a lot of these partner dancers kind of started off with before they started to get uh, more popular and more mainstream. Yeah. So. I'm going to walk you through these different partner dances and kind of give you my thoughts and my pieces of the puzzles that I have stumbled across over the years. Uh, hopefully this will spark some more curiosity in you. I do want to provide the disclaimer that I am not a historian. I am not an ethnomusicologist. I am not of the culture of any of these partner dances that I'm going to be listing or speaking on. If there's any pieces of the puzzle that you want to add to the conversation, please, please, please reach out to me. I'm always down to collect more pieces of the puzzle. That's all what this podcast is about. It's really gathering all these pieces of the puzzles from, from different people. And if you've noticed with the guests that I've had on the podcast, it's definitely been spanning across a lot of different partner dances. It's not just kids anymore. And we also delve into different topics from time to time. And this is what you guys are listening to with this particular podcast. And before we get into these partner dances, the last thing I want to say is if you guys have any suggestions of potential people to interview or topics that you would like to hear me discuss or anything of that nature, at the bottom of the show notes here on the podcast, there's ways that you can reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can send me an email. You can fill out the form on my website. I definitely want to start to hear from you guys and see what we can do to provide more content out there. With 2020, if that dance festivals are not happening, so I'm definitely kind of like doubling down on in creating different content from blogs to podcasts. And I have some videos in the works as well. But without further ado, Let's go ahead and list these partner dances that I have noticed that are the most popular in the world. So we will start with Mother Africa. We have, of course, Kizomba Semba, which comes from Angola. We have Brazilian Zouk that comes from Brazil. We have Swing and all of these counterparts, East Coast Swing, West Coast Swing, Blues. There's a lot of different dances that fall under that spectrum. Definitely comes from the United States. We have Bachata in the Dominican Republic and also Merengue. We have Compa in Haiti. We have Salsa, which comes from Cuba and Puerto Rico. We have Cumbia, which comes from Colombia and Tango, which comes from Argentina. So that list without the countries of origin would be Kizomba Semba, Brazilian Zouk, Swing, Lindy Hop, Bachata Merengue, Compa, Salsa, Cumbia, 
and tango. So all of these partner dances, I feel, are our most popular partner dances that we have in the world. Do other partner dances exist? I'm not sure. If you know of any, definitely let me know. And of course, these are, I'm trying to generalize these in different umbrellas, if you will. Of course, there's a lot of other dances like cha-cha-cha, or in swing, we could have the Chicago style stepping and things of that nature. But I'm trying to generalize these and pull them up to their like closest origins, if you will, just to kind of keep things easier to to keep track of. Yeah. So all of these partner dances can be traced back to African roots, which I find very, very interesting. Like there aren't any partner dances that exist or they're from the list that I've listed here that exists without the influence of Africans. I find this very interesting when you also bring into the facts, if you take a look at the continent of Africa, there is not a lot of partner dancing that happens there with the exception of Angola. And Angola is a very unique case because it was a Portuguese colony for 400 years. There is Cuban influence there. There's a lot of the, and then they're dancing their traditional dance to Caribbean Zouk music, which gave birth to Kizomba in a nutshell. And so there's a lot of influence outside of Africa from Portuguese, from the Cubans, from the Caribbeans, and that gave forth to a partner dance. So again, all of the partner dances that are listed that are the most popular in the world have African roots, traces of African roots. However, in the continent of Africa, there is not a lot of partner dancing that is traditional from in any of the countries. And this is very interesting because we all know that African dance is a huge thing, but it's more in the concept of solo dances. It's very popular to see ceremonial dances and things of this nature, solo dances. We all know of Afro house and things of that nature that are huge in Africa. So it's not that the continent of Africa does not dance, but it's very interesting to not see partner dancing, just interacting with another uh, person uh, non-verbally and therefore to be some kind of lead and follow exchange, you know? Now, I also asked myself, I wonder what the first partner dance in the world was. And from my current understanding as of October, or I'm sorry, as of November 2020, I believe the earliest partner dances came from the Renaissance era, which came from Europe. There were the ballroom dances and the waltz and things of that nature. The waltz specifically seems to be the oldest partner dance, yeah? And this is also something that's interesting when you start to dig with these particular roots and you start to delve into the histories, you can find that the European history is a lot better documented and it's easier to find and things of that nature. But I wonder what was happening in Africa at that particular time to see what was happening in Europe and then also at the same time what was happening in Africa. And it seems like Africa seems to have more of a tradition of passing things down from generation to generation orally and not documenting things. But again, through colonialism and slavery, we know a lot of these things could have been destroyed and things of that nature. So who knows exactly what happened? And this is why I made the reference to the puzzle pieces before, because 
No one really has all the clues. No one knows exactly what was happening back then. We can only speculate, but it still is. I feel like it's a very interesting thing to that I, that I've kind of been exposed to over the years. And so that kind of gives some inspiration into the podcast. So let's go ahead and go through these lists of the dances and I'll talk about each one for a few minutes and then I'll give my closing thoughts here at the end. The first partner dance that we're going to delve into is going to be Angola. And of course, from Angola, we have Semba and Kizumba. And this is probably the partner dance that I know the most. Obviously, if you have been following this podcast for any given amount of time, you know that I am a Kizomba instructor that's been teaching out of North America since 2014. So spent a lot of time dancing and studying and teaching Kizomba. And definitely I lean more to the urban kids side of things, but the roots of urban kids and Kizomba fusion is undeniably from Kizomba, which comes from Semba and Semba is a traditional dance of Angola. Like I mentioned before in the beginning of the podcast, Angola was a Portuguese colony for 400 years. And another interesting fact with Angola is during its time where it was winning its independence from Portugal, it did receive aid like military aid from Fidel Castro, which is from Cuba. And there's a couple of Semba songs out there that actually start off sounding like salsa and then convert to your typical Semba, which goes to show that the Cuban troops did not just bring their guns and grenades, but they also brought their music and their culture. So this is another fascinating instinct there to where Angola is geographically based in Africa. However, if you take a look at the Portuguese influence from Europe for 400 years, I believe the official language of Angola is still Portuguese, plus the Cuban influence from winning their independence. And then if we're looking at the scope of Semba into Kizomba, a very common simplistic equation that you hear is that Semba plus Caribbean Zouk equals Kizomba, Caribbean music comes from the Caribbean, not from Africa. So you have Portuguese, Caribbean, and of course, Angola has its own uh, history there before it was colonized. And it's just a mix of a lot of things. So even at the the inception of what we now know as Kizomba today, it wasn't just purely African. It was African influence, plus a lot of other influences that gave birth to Kizomba, which gave birth to Kizomba fusion and gave birth to urban kids. And now urban kids can be found on almost every continent in the world. So that is first partner dance that has that particular origin of African and European influence. The next partner dance that we're going to delve into where this characteristic is also present is going to be tango. Tango originates from Argentina and the modern tango can be considered a, a silicon sultry dance and it's definitely a cornerstone of the cultural identity in Argentina. And from what I have been able to extract from just doing a little bit of research, there seems to be very long and complex history. I've seen a lot of debate about what are the exact origins 
of tango. And I've even seen some articles of Afro-Argentinians that were trying to push their way to make their history known about the African roots of what happened in Argentina. And so with Argentina also being one of the places where slaves were taken to from Africa, then we have undeniable roots that they brought their drums and helped form a particular predecessor of tango, which is known as Kundombe. Another style of music that gave forth to Kizombo is also known as the Milonga and the Lumfardo. There seems to be some history that is shared with Uruguay with their drums as well, also with Afro roots. And so with tango, again, we have the influence, that same characteristic, what do all the partner dances in the world have in common? African and European influence in a place now in South America that gave force to one of our most popular partner dances that we have today. Tango, everybody knows what tango is. Tango has been on TV, it's been performed, it's worldwide, there's festivals all across the world. So definitely one of our most popular partner dances that shares that same origin. Keeping everything in South America right now, we're going to bring it up to Brazil. Brazil, one of our most popular partner dances is Brazilian Zouk. The history of Brazilian Zouk comes from a dance named Lambada. And there are lots of influences that gave forth to Brazilian Zouk. And one of those influences is a dance called carimbo that is also accompanied with large drums and it is a folk dance of the Pata state in brazil which african portuguese and european influence can be noticed uh, another thing that i want to point out here is that angola and brazil are both Lusophone countries in which their official language is Portuguese. Angola, however, is in the continent of Africa and Brazil obviously is in the continent of South America. But it's interesting to see them, even though they're on two separate continents, they do have some shared roots of being uh, Portuguese colonies, ex-Portuguese colonies and in their shared language. So Lombarda is a predecessor to what we now know as Brazilian Zouk. It is undeniable the impact that African music has made on many aspects of Brazilian music and dance from samba to funk to Lombarda to capoeira, etc. Another cool fact is in the Kizomba world, we do have a word named Jinga, which is used to kind of describe the confidence and the swag that you have in the way that you walk. And this Jinga I found in the scope of Capoeira. If you're familiar with that martial art, this kind of like a dance slash martial art, the way that you flow is also referred to as Jinga. And I've also seen some Portuguese soccer documentaries where the in the way that the soccer players handle the ball can also be referred to as jinga. So it's interesting to see this word being used in different contexts from dance to martial arts to soccer playing. And it's interesting how all of these things kind of play around because we know in Simba, there's a lot of foot play where sometimes the followers foot or leg is treated kind of like a soccer ball. And I think there's some history there as well from one of my friends who took a, 
Akizoma training with Mr. Pichu. So again, very fascinating to see how all of these roots are intermingling. And our next dance is also going to keep us in the continent of South America. We're going to go a little bit to the east and go to Colombia. Now, we do know there's a lot of Colombian style salsa uh, in the world. However, the most melodic representative expression in Colombia is cumbia. It brings together three different cultures, African, indigenous, and European. The African influence gives us the presence of the drums, while the indigenous based flute brings in the melody, and the European influence provides some variations in the melodies, choreography, and costumes of the dancers. The origin of the word cumbia comes from the days of slavery in the 17th century and is derived from the African word kube, which means dance. And throughout the history, there's been other variations of this name. However, one thing is for certain, cumbia is definitely born of a cultural mix of black and indigenous backgrounds. Now, from my understanding right now, I haven't seen any international festivals dedicated to cumbia dancing, but I felt that it deserved to be mentioned in this list because I know cumbia has spread all throughout uh, South America, Central America, and even North America, um, with Mexico has a, a huge cumbia culture as well. And so I feel like even though there aren't necessarily cumbia classes happening in studios and festivals, there's definitely lots of parties and things of like that where that is the dance that you dance um, on the weekends with your family, birthday parties, family gatherings, social gatherings, things of that nature. All right, and going up a little bit further north, it's gonna bring us to the Caribbean islands. And this is where we have Cuba and Puerto Rico. And we know that the dance that comes from here is salsa. Salsa today is probably the most popular partner dance. I mean, salsa has been in movies, it's been on Dancing with the Stars. It's, it's everywhere. There's international salsa festivals on every continent. Lots of full-time salsa instructors is uh, definitely a, a heavy hitter when it comes to partner dancing across the world. And we all know that there are a lot of Afro-Cuban influences in the roots of dancing salsa. We have lots of different styles of salsa. We have on one, on two, Puerto Rican on two. We have cha-cha-cha. And we also know that the roots of salsa also come from hustle and also come from danson. And we also know going back to those styles of salsa, there's LA style and there's New York on two style. There's Cuban style salsa, there's Cali style salsa. So lots of different styles of salsa that have formed over the years and its African roots are definitely undeniable. And like I said before, it's truly a global dance and it is following that same characteristic that I mentioned before, African, European, indigenous influence, this time geographically located in the Caribbean, Cuba, Puerto Rico, and we give forth to salsa, which is one of our, our most popular partner dances today. If you dance salsa, you probably also dance bachata. Bachata is also from one of the Caribbean islands known as the Dominican Republic. And if you dance bachata, you know that the roots 
the history of that the predecessor of that dance is definitely merengue it definitely has roots in african rhythms cuban song and bolero merengue is one of those dances that was definitely danced in social gatherings street corners courtyards public parks backyard parties uh, i haven't seen any festivals dedicated to just merengue but there are definitely bachata festivals worldwide and of course you have lots of different styles uh, you have dominican bachata and even within the dominican flavor of dancing you have different styles depending on the region of the dominican republic that you're from from there you have bachata fusion and you have urban bachata into central bachata and so many different flavors and lots of remixes that are coming from the musical standpoint as well and bachata is definitely one of those huge juggernauts of popular party dances in the world as well and if we look, take a look at the origins again similar history african european indigenous influence and again we have another global partner dance that has a, a common origin in its history all right and our last partner dance that we're going to mention here in the caribbean islands is going to come from the country of haiti which is compa the music of haiti combines a wide range of influence drawn from many people who have settled on the caribbean island it reflects french african spanish elements from those who have inhabited the island of hispaniola and also the minor native tribe of taino influences so fun fact dominican republic and haiti are actually on the same island that is split in two so on the western side you have the dominican republic which was colonized by spain so they speak spanish there they dance merengue and bachata on the eastern side of the island it was colonized by france and so they speak french there and they dance compa or Caribbean zouk as well. And there's also some influence between both of those cultures, which is very interesting. But again, compa is one of those dances that isn't super codified. It is gaining popularity, lots of R&B remixes, at least from the kids festival side of thing. There's definitely a lot of demand for compa and people wanting the guyad and things like that. So it definitely was reaching some more popularity and there's some classes that were starting to pop up here and there but there's definitely i haven't seen any like i haven't seen a compa couple teach wiki classes out of a studio or anything of that nature but it's definitely worth mentioning here because it's definitely an international dance and at least throughout the kids scene from my from what i'm understanding it is definitely popular and something that a lot of people enjoy all right the last part of dance that we're going to be discussing today is going to be swing slash lindy hop and we all know slavery was a place here me being based in the united states um we know that the history of slavery here in the united states is still something that is exists today in in different fashions but african americans were huge in the creation of jazz and rock and roll and also swing music and 
in the Savoy Ballroom, which was a popular ballroom in Harlem, New York. This was one of the early ballrooms that did not segregate between the blacks and the whites. And they were exposed to each other's dance styles in the 1920s and 30s. And a new style of dance emerged called swing or lindy hop. And I even want to go back before this. There's another dance that was called the cakewalk, where the slaves would imitate the high class whites in a competition and the winner of the competition would win a cake to term cakewalk. And this was also done to music that sounds very similar to swing. So it was a dance style that was created as a result of fusion from European ballroom. You mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned the waltz and African rhythm. Again, African slaves that were brought to the Americas due to, due to colonization. And it was one of the tr first truly American dance forms that was um, a part of this American culture. And from here, we have like shag, East Coast, West Coast swing and Lindy Hop. And I know West Coast swing are probably the bigger of the two. And those definitely travel internationally worldwide with festivals and classes and instructors and things of that nature as well. So definitely deserves to be on the list. And again, we have African and European influence in the US now and gave birth to another popular partner dance that we have globally. So as you can see from this list that I listed here, we have a very interesting common thread of African and European influence in different geographical areas from Africa to South America, to Central America, to the Caribbean, up into the United States. And we have these popular partner dances that we are all enjoying and dancing today. And one key fact that definitely cannot be swept under the rug is that the engine for all of the mixture of these different fusions was definitely colonization and slavery, which was probably can be considered to be one of the world's worst tragedies. And when you think of all of the lives that were lost and the families that were broken apart and the killings and in the U.S., you have the, the lynchings and all the, the inhumane practices that were practiced during that time. It definitely brings a sense of sadness and it's a little bit heavy to kind of take in all at once. However, when I take a look at today and I zoom out and I take a look outside of just the partner dance that I'm in, that I'm most involved with. And I take a look at all of these partner dances and you take a look at the happiness that has been generated from people of all different ages and backgrounds, speaking different languages, all through connection and touch and music that has been brought forth through these shared influences that we've experienced in different geographic locations, if we were to take all of that and take a look at it, that also makes me feel immense joy and appreciation. And I know that this dance is something that continues to unite us. It is something that continues to enrich our lives. And if there was some kind of lasting legacy that the tragedy of colonialism brought forth, I would say that it was very, very awesome to, to see and fulfilling to see so many people 
uniting over music and dance and and happiness. And that is basically what I wanted to kind of bring forth and bring home in this particular message is that nothing really belongs to one particular culture. We are all influenced from so many different places. And I feel like this will help us move forward with more empathy and more curiosity versus division as we start to see more fusion dances pop up and people who will get inspired from other partner dances. And as we have more professional dancers who are multidisciplined in different dance styles, it's it's this is what we've been doing since the beginning. It's it's been inspiration. It's been influence. It's been creativity. And this is it, this isn't something that's being added to the dance. This is something that I feel makes the dances what they are. So if you have any thoughts to this conversation, I will definitely love to hear from you. Like I said before, there's contact methods of how to reach me at the bottom of the show notes here on this particular podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode and we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey.